welcome you to episode 19 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight into others working or have worked in this wonderful industry, as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discover that my guest started in the industry some 27 years ago and now owns a nationwide company with branches in Scotland and England and turns over 11 to 12 million a year. We discuss how he started in the industry, his acquisitions, we discuss self-storage, his challenges, what he would change from his past, his high points and where he believes the industry and his company will be in five years' time. And usually, we end with a funny moving story. But although my guest claimed he didn't have any broadcastable stories, I did manage to get a court case one from him. My guest this episode is Courtney Morrison, Director of Clockwork Removals and Storage. Enjoy. Good morning, Courtney. How are you today? Very well, Colin. How are you doing? I'm very well indeed. Welcome to Moving Matters. Can you tell everyone a little about yourself and the length of time in the industry? Yeah, well, I set up Clockwork back in 1994, 95, I think, and uh, started off in Edinburgh and, yeah, uh, had a, 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 a Luton van and then we purchased a seven and a half ton truck and operated from a company called Aardvark Self Storage. Uh, and at that time, Aardvark had just one branch and then it, it had a, a, a few branches and we just um, operated from a couple of their sites in Edinburgh uh, and just took it from there. So it was all self-storage that we did initially. So how did you get started in the industry? What made you go out and get a, a Luton and a seven and a half tonner? Well, I had a couple of vans doing uh, a business called Cola Keg, uh, which was delivering kegs of beer. And we did weddings and 21st birthday parties and so on. So I had a couple of um, long wheelbase sprinter vans. But the problem was it was always work on a Friday or a Saturday. Yeah. So apart from a Monday morning when you'd be clearing up the mess and glasses and doing a stop take, there wasn't really uh, much on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to do. So, I, And I had a couple of vans. So I then, um, one day, uh, a guy, and I remember this, said, look, can you move this wardrobe of mine? I was like, yeah, no problems at all. And so I um, had a friend and literally moved this guy's wardrobe from one flat to another in Edinburgh. And uh, I think I charged him 20 quid. And I thought, my goodness, this is easier than... Uh, selling kegs of beer and all the hassle that went with that. So uh, that was me into removals. So as you say, you started Clockwork in 1994-5. Can you tell everybody about Clockwork and the services that it offers? Yeah. Um, so today it's a very different entity from what it was back then. But um, we're, we're strong in Scotland in that we've got four-five uh, branches in Scotland. But in England... We've only got about four branches, five branches, uh, including Edwards Trade Storage, which operates out in Gloucestershire, and, and that services the London storage market. But in London, we've got uh, two of the biggest depots we've got in SW19 and NW2, and that there does primarily domestic and commercial moving. We do a bit of um, international moving, 
uh, and obviously in storage. Do you do much European at all? Yeah, we do. But a lot of that is actually subbed out. Going to Europe for us yeah. is not one of our strengths. And it's just yeah, yeah. a lot of hassle. And there's other operators out there who specialize in that. And if you've got a, a driver and he's not been to you know, France or Spain or whatever before, and he's got all this regulation, you know, it's quite, uh, whereas if you know what you're doing, it's a lot easier. So how many trucks and staff do Clockwork run these days? You mentioned the number of branches a moment ago, but you know, what, what, what sort of capacity are you running at? I think we've probably got about 130 full-time staff, including in uh, our head office. Yeah, about 130, maybe 140, and it will go up. I mean, for instance, we do use some agency staff if we've got a big project or a big commercial move that's on, and that works well for us, whether it's a, a big hotel move or you know, university move or, or, or a big office block move. We will use agency staff, but we've got a core of about 130, 140 people, I think. And trucks? I think in vehicle, I don't know how many trucks, in, but I think we're on our insurance policy, I think we're about 100, but that will obviously include a number of cars and, and vans and so on. So you have acquired several well-known brands over the years, and as you mentioned, Edwards was one of those. How have your acquisitions been over the past few years? And are you still looking to expand? In the last two or three years, we actually haven't done any acquisitions. There's a couple that would have been of interest if I'd known about them. Uh, I think, for instance, Luxford's that was bought by Dory Bonner. I think that was a very good business. And I only heard about that at the very end. So that, that's a premium quality business. But in terms of clockwork, uh, I don't think we bought anything last year or the year before. But yeah, I'm in negotiations with uh, several companies, you know, all the time. Uh, but whether we actually do a deal or not is obviously another matter. And uh, as I say, we haven't done any acquisitions, I don't think, for the last three years. And are you looking anywhere within the UK or yeah. is it specifically in England, yeah. London area? Or? Yeah. So, for instance, if it's a, a business within a five, ten mile radius of an existing branch, then that could well be a great bolt-on for us uh, in terms of what added revenue it could bring, along with, um, obviously, storage. If the business is in a location where we're not in, then that business would have to be a business that's doing at least half a million pound a year of revenue. Uh, be of interest to us. Because if you think about, you know, by the time you pay a, a branch manager, say, anywhere between thirty and £38,000 per annum, Company car, pension, laptop, phone, national insurance, PAYE, all these things add up to about £50,000 a year. So that's 10% of uh, the actual top line sales just on paying one branch manager who you hope is going to be bloody good. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and that's one of the key things I have uh, for the first time in the last three, four months. We've actually got a team of people now who no one's on my hit list as them to you know, exit the business. We have got uh, a really good team of people who are motivated and looking to get on uh, in terms of you know, their own career, customer service, and, and obviously the company's bottom line. What about self-storage? You said at the very, very beginning that when you started, you were using your vans for... Aardvark self-storage? Yeah. 
But has clockwork got into self-storage at all? Or is it a, a, an avenue that you may look at or are you just staying away from it? Do you prefer containerized storage? Not really, although it, uh, it's a uh, very pertinent point. And um, I think self-storage is obviously a, uh, a property play. I would never, ever invest in self-storage if we didn't own the, the, the property freehold. Uh, we yeah, have self-storage. Yeah. We bought a business from Fox Moving about 10 years ago over in Louth, which had some self-storage. But the problem uh, that we realized now, uh, and hindsight being a great, uh, great asset, but anyway, um, you know, we need to have, uh, be in towns with plenty of chimney pots. And, and Louth and Lincolnshire, they're two smaller towns. And I think they were probably, with Fox moving, were part of a military contract, which we obviously weren't involved with. So in answer to yep. your question with self-storage, it's, it's quite a big investment in kitting it out. And um, I actually think that customers are getting a better deal with traditional wooden 250 cubic foot crates. I'm not sure that many customers need to access their crates or their self-storage that often. It's, it's, like an, it's a niche marketplace in a way, isn't it? If you want constant access, then self-storage is the way to go. If you yeah. just want to put your goods not, away for six months, then conventional storage is the best to go. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Uh, there's many different types of customers, but if you're looking at the um, domestic customers, I'm not sure that that's relevant at all for them. I don't. Uh, in my experience, there's not many customers that need to get access to a a chest of drawers or a, 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 a document or whatever when they're in storage with us. It's obviously very different if it's a commercial customer and I can see self-storage working for them far better. But for us, most of our storage will be a domestic household. Uh, if you look at the pricing as well for holding 250 cubic foot in a self-storage unit versus a ordinary 250 cubic foot wooden container, there's a, a massive disparity. And that's another interesting point in that a lot of customers have got no idea what 250 cubic foot is or how much uh, they can't visualize what that is in volume. And they've certainly not got any idea what personal effects they've got will, will fit into a 250 cubic foot wooden box. So it's a bit of a myth and that, you know, customers don't know what you're, you're, you're talking about. And I think self-storage has sold itself phenomenally well in comparison to wooden crates. And that's been to the detriment of the removable storage industry. But I, I think that wooden storage units is a far better way forward for a, a, lots of different reasons. Not only cost, but obviously, if you've got a, um, a loading into self-storage, that furniture has got to be moved twice the amount of times Front oh absolutely when, when it moves when, when it gets moved so therefore you've got a 50 percent chance more of breaking uh the furniture and obviously the last thing is um uh you've got that cost and time of unloading into self-storage and then loading up again to deliver so i, I i'm not a fan of self-storage um I, but i understand how it works for uh some customers but for me, I'd rather stick to the wooden crates at the moment. And yeah, I think it's better all around for our household domestic customers. So what challenges have you had to overcome? You name it. 
we've had uh, all the challenges under the sun. But I mean, the most challenging time was probably back about 10, 11 years ago when we had too much debt and the business wasn't running as well. We were, we were probably doing, I think, about 19 million a year back in 2010. And we're, we're probably doing uh, 11, 12 at the moment. So we're still way off where we were. Doesn't mean to say that we won't get back there, but we'll just do it in a very different way. Uh, it'll be a lot more structured, a lot more thought through, a lot of lessons have been learned. And I certainly never want to go back to where we were 10, 11 years ago. So what's changed for such a dramatic drop, if you don't mind yeah, me asking? We were, had a, a number of branches that weren't performing. Right. So we shut them down or, or sold them off, one or the other. And if you could change anything from the past, what would it be? Well, one of the mo- most profound things I would have uh, said, and I've, I've thought about this, is if I was you know, back being 20, 21 years age, I, would, I should have gone and joined a company like Pickford's or uh, Broughton Removals or there was, you know, um, uh, Bishop's Move. There was a number of moving companies in Edinburgh and I should have gone and worked for them and, and get an understanding and, and learn you know, from their experience and mistakes that they'd made. It would have saved me years of hardship and pain if I'd gone and, and worked for another company for a year. I'd have been seven years ahead of time. Is that, is that, and no disrespect, is that because you came from sort of like a man and a van rather than yeah. going straight into a, a removal company? Or I just had no idea about removals. I just picked up a, a, right. a, a wardrobe. As I said, I said I'd charge 20 quid. I thought that was a, a fair rate. Uh, it took about an hour to, to deliver it from one street in Edinburgh to another street. And, and I got 20 quid and I thought that was, you know, I gave uh, my colleague Fiverr for an hour's work. He was like happy. Bear in mind, this is a long time ago when five pounds was actually worth five pounds. Uh, oh, five pounds would buy you a round of drinks back exactly. then. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but I would have I've learned about, um, you know, storage and I would have learned about vehicles and customers and, and what people were looking for rather than just learning at all you know, through a lot of mistakes. I'd rather have just learned how to run a proper business by actually being involved in it and, and learn from other, uh, from another company like Pickford. I mean, Pickford was the standout company back then. It had a, a proper training program for branch managers and porters yeah. and drivers. Yeah. I mean, it was, it really was. There's a lot of very good people in the industry today had their, you know, career starting off at Pickford, including our managing director, Jamie, who was with Pickford's, I think, for about 18 years when he left university. Yeah, there's an awful lot of people in the industry that have a background associated with a Pickford's training management course of some sort. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So what is your high point of being in the industry? Um, I think it's probably about now. Um, Last year, we had a a good year, very good year. We we hit uh, 10% net profit. Uh, That's some you know, with the pandemic and just the way that we've been managed, uh, the business has been run today, it's a lot more enjoyable, a lot more rewarding than uh, being a fireman and, and putting out a lot of fires. Um, it's a lot more structured. It's, it's a lot more relaxing to be in it today with the, the knowledge that we have and the experience with the branch managers and the directors in the company. 
going back to, to your, you know, the directors in the company, the people that, that you have today have been with you for a very long time, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, Michael uh, has been with the company, uh, so I think Clockworks maybe, what, 27 years old is it, or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Michael, um, he, he was actually around 26 years ago, started off part-time just doing a bit of bookkeeping for us. Uh, and Jamie, he actually left Pickford and was at Harrow Green for a couple of years in Glasgow. And I knew that he was a, a, a very high caliber, uh, you know, uh, individual. And after about three or four phone calls over a year, he eventually joined Clockwork uh, in our Glasgow branch. So, yes, yeah, so I think Jamie's been with us for 14, 15 years, something like that. And Gavin's still with you? Great. So, <laughs> edit that out, brother, would you? <laughs> no, we'll leave that in for him. Come on. <laughs> so, what one thing would you change in the moving industry? Uh, what one thing would I change? Um, um, what, as in, what, how do you mean? But is there anything in the industry that that you think should be different today? No, I mean I th- I th- the one. The, the, uh, I mean, people think this is a weakness of our industry, but I think it's a big strength. Is if you look at the um, the moving industry in terms of technology, is obviously massively ahead of where it was even fifteen years ago. But if you go back three hundred years ago, there's not actually too much that's different. You know, three hundred years ago, instead of having a truck, you'd have had a horse and cart. The actual moving part has not changed in in 300 years. You'd still need two men to lift a desk or a bed or a wardrobe and put it onto a horse and cart. That's not changed today. You still need two men to lift a bed or a wardrobe and put it onto the back of a truck. And so it's incredibly resistant to technology and change. I'm not sure in my lifetime that a, a robot will be able to come in and move a grand piano out of a you know, first floor Georgian townhouse in, in Edinburgh. Um, well, they might fly it out with a drone soon, but yeah, a robot, probably not. But <laughs> 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 but what about things like, you know, the, the general perception from the public? You must get it quite a lot with, with the branches where, where the sales guys are going out there and they're trying to sell and the customer wants it obviously for 200 quid, but you want 1,800 quid for the job. What about, you know, the client's perception? Yeah, they, we always seem to be at the end of the line and... Yeah, but that's always been, I mean, I've always known uh, this, and, and I'm not sure it ever yeah, changed. You know, whenever you're starting out, uh, you know, if you start off as a student, you've probably got a couple of bags, you know, just move in a taxi, and then, you know, you get your first flat. Uh, you maybe just move with a, uh, you know, hire a van in yourself and do it yourself with a friend. And then, you know, when you're late 20s, maybe get a bit more money and, a girlfriend or a wife, and then uh, you move again, then probably you'll maybe use the man and van. But by the time you're sort of late 30s, early 40s, you know, hopefully you've uh, realized uh, from the mistakes you've made in the past, you actually want to go for a quality moving company and just, you know, buy cheap, buy twice. True, true. Uh, use a professional and, um, you know, and, and have a, a, a stress free experience rather than all the hassle that goes with a man and van or uh, hiring a van and, and a friend to, to do it for yourself. 
So I, I don't think that's going to change. There are always going to be people out there uh, who, you know, want to do things. You know, cost is the preeminent, you know, desire. Um, and then you're always going to get people out there who just want to pay uh, for a good job. So it's not going to change. It's not been any different today than it was, you know, 27 years ago. Too right. Too right. Maybe we can change it at some no, point. I, I, I'm not bothered. I, I mean, if people want to um, get a cheap price, I mean, I, I've uh, done a, a, a few bits of sales when I'm up and involved in the Perth branch, you know, and people say, well, I've had three quotes. And I said, look, we're not going to be the cheapest quote, I'm afraid. We're not about price. We're about uh, quality, professionalism and service. You know, if you want a good job, you know, come and have a look at our storage facilities. In comparison to our competitors, it's chalk and cheese. Please come and have a look at our storage. You will be happy in a brand new warehouse that doesn't leak, uh, doesn't flood. Uh, there's no vermin in it. Come and have a look. That's the best sales line you can do for storage. You know, let the product do the talking for itself. Absolutely. What advice would you give to a young Courtney just starting out in the industry? Go and, and I work, hope you've got lots. Go and work for a Pickford or a, a Dory Bonner, um, Bishop's Move. Go and work for a large removal company or even a, 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 a local removal company that's BAR registered uh, in your town and, and, and start off there for a year and, and learn. Learn on other people's time rather than your own time, which will cost you money. <laughs> And where do you see yourself and the industry in the next five years? Um, well, if you look at the industry, I can see, um, and, in, and especially in London, and that will gradually obviously migrate out of London, but I can see in London more and more low loaders. Uh, I, I can see quality moving companies like an Aussie man and van doing well in the next five years. All the restrictions on 18-ton trucks and so on, it's becoming increasingly challenging. Um, and in some senses, it's, it's good. It's got its benefits. But, you know, the, if you've got two low loaders that can hold eight, 800 cube each, um, you can do a 1,600 cube move with two vans um, in a day, no problems at all with three men. So I can see that becoming more uh, prevalent and I can see some quality, you know, moving companies uh, with having no 18-ton trucks, but having maybe six or seven low loaders. I take it that also helps trying to get drivers because then you don't need all the HGV uh, licenses. Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of regulation around HGVs, an awful lot, whereas the low loaders are, and they are fantastic. Uh, I, I still do the odd moves, actually, out in the vans, and uh, I enjoy it. It's good for my uh, fitness, and uh, it's good to go out with the guys now and again. Um, and, and, you know, I, I can tell you right now, loading uh, two um, low loaders is so much easier than loading an 18-ton truck. You know, the, the, the height level going in, it, it, there is a, a lot of benefits to a low loader. And, and especially if you're doing a 1600 cube move locally from you know, Perth to Creef, which is you know, 10 miles away. 
What about people moving out of the cities now? Obviously, the pandemic has struck and has made everybody aware that they can work from home. People seem to be fleeing the cities and flooding well, to the countryside. I, I can certainly tell you now, uh, earning Edwards Trade Stores is sort of two other competitors that we have. All three of us are absolutely, um, we've never been busier and all of us are out of crates. So people are moving out of the cities, but they're just well, moving into storage for the time being. Absolutely. I don't know whether they're moving out of the city, but they're certainly moving in stores. The, the storage market has never been busier, ever, period. We have never, ever experienced uh, in, well, in, in my you know, 26, seven years, experienced something like what we've just gone through in the last four months uh, in terms of storage. It's phenomenal. Every single moving company should be struggling for the space at the moment. How many containers do you run at Edwards Trade Storage? Uh, we've got 5,500 there, and that's actually one of the... Wow. Uh, what I'm looking to try and do in the next three, four years, we need to get another 2,000 crates, and then I'm uh, looking to build a 100,000-square-foot warehouse, which will hold 12,000 crates within an hour and a half of NW10 in London. So wow. what I'm looking uh, to try and achieve in the next you know, three, four years. So it's a combination of um, building up uh, more crates and uh, raising the finance to do it and, and getting a plot of land in a builder. Storage is definitely the way forward. It's, it's the best way to make money. Storage, and uh, uh, if there's anyone out there that's listening to this... Uh, uh, oh, there'll be plenty of people listening, Courtney. Don't you worry. Um, uh, storage and property are the two profitable parts of a moving business. So, yeah. uh, and uh, there's, you know, the businesses that I have bought in the past, if that owner, say on, he'd had it for 20 years, and if he'd bought a, a commercial property 18 years ago, chances are that commercial property would have been worth three times what his um, removals and storage business is worth. Yeah. So my advice is own your own property. If you can afford it, if you can't afford it, get an investor, but own your own commercial property. Good advice. Good advice. What do you do outside of the industry to switch off or do you never switch off? Well, people, um, uh, people like Michael and Jamie um, say they don't actually switch on. So, uh, <laughs> so switched on or switched off. Um, you know, work and pleasure, they kind of roll into the same sort of uh, bracket. I've got a wife, three kids. You know, I still, well, obviously with the pandemic, uh, I still like to play a game of rugby. I obviously didn't play last year. Hopefully in the next three, four months, we can move out of, this current phase that we're in and uh, get back to normality and, you know, play a game and have a few points. Absolutely. And finally, I like to end my podcasts with a funny moving story. Do you have one to tell? Uh, not really that I can tell, no. Oh, come on, Courtney, you must have no. a few. <laughs> I've got a lot, but uh, some of them are... Uh, 
Yeah, no, you I'm... can't be my uh, my first guest to say no. I don't have a story. Everybody's got a story that they've told. Yeah, this isn't really. Um, yeah, that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I prefer to keep this one quiet. Put it this way: it ended up in court, uh, so it wasn't that funny. But in hindsight, it was. Uh, it was just basically a customer that um, uh, wasn't paying, and this was going back twenty five years. And we didn't have contracts back in those days. So it was all done a bit of paper. Anyway, the customer refused to pay. <laughs> so the truck came back all the way up from, uh, it left Edinburgh, went down to Reading, came back. And I thought, well, I'm not going to be putting it into storage. And it looked like rubbish anyway. So uh, most of it ended up in the skip. Anyway, needless to say, about six months later, we were in court. But it wasn't, uh, it was it was funny in hindsight, just some of the stories from that. But it wasn't, uh, um, yeah. I hope you won in court. Uh, we we came to an arrangement. But it, was, it was an important lesson. Get money up front from your customers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Payment up front before any service starts. Yeah, I mean, all these uh, mistakes were made. And, you know, it was there was no contracts. There was nothing. It was just, it was sort of back in the day when I had a, uh, a pair of cowboy boots and a hat on. <laughs> um, it was a very different world to the one that we operate in today. You know, it was very much a man and van. And that's my point, really, you know, with customers. If they want to pay for a man and van, you're going to get uh, a man and van experience. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and there is a marketplace for them. Don't get me wrong. There is definitely a marketplace for them. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Courtney, thank you very much for giving up your time today. I truly appreciate you being on my episode of Moving Matters. Thank you very much for joining me. A pleasure. And we'll catch up soon. Most definitely. Most definitely. Thanks, Colin. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 19 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice and please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Courtney Morrison of Clockwork Removals and Storage for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, Courtney. If you would like to know more about Clockwork Removals and Storage and the services they offer, then you will find links within the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me. So until next time, keep moving. Keep moving.